But the biggest risk right now is this this uh, crypto infighting. You know, uh, all these different people with their different cryptocurrencies calling every other cryptocurrency. I mean, I do it uh, to be, uh, I, I do it. But, you know, it's actually the community itself. Uh, you know, that we, in fact, we don't have a community. We've got different communities. I mean, I'm running a campaign right now you know, on, on radio, national radio, and I'm trying to uh, get people to download Sepi and use Bitcoin because it's so easy and it's mm. safe and don't worry, it's not a huge problem. And it's so, you know, that's what I'm trying to get. And yet, my social media campaigns are being trolled by guys like Simon, uh, uh, who I respect greatly, and I and uh, I actually appreciate his uh, you know his, his fact that he's combating this whole thing because I get a chance to troll him back in a way. But you know, I'm trying to now put trolls, out trolls loving trolls. Yeah, trolls loving trolls. Bitcoin and blockchain technology has captured the world's attention with its promise to fundamentally change the way that business is done across all industries. But where there is so much promise, there is an equal amount of confusion about the technology and crypto instruments. In December 2017, the Bitcoin price was at an all-time high of $19,783. The world's media went crazy, saying that Bitcoin's price had gone parabolic. And despite the warnings of savvy investors, Ordinary people invested into Bitcoin without knowing the full extent of the risks involved. People took out credit cards, second mortgages, and personal loans to get into the cryptocurrency gold rush. But just a few short months later, over $600 billion was wiped off the value of cryptocurrencies and the large majority of people lost everything. But some investors became millionaires literally overnight and in the process became financially free for the rest of their lives. But are cryptocurrencies the answer to financial independence for a few or for many? To get the answer, we have launched a new series called Crypto Kung Fu, which will take an investigative look at the current news, risks and opportunities in the cryptocurrency space and give you access to the world's leading crypto experts right here on the MapRound Show. Listen closely to our $1,000 trading challenge where we will ask these experts to trade with our money to prove whether the world of crypto, like Bitcoin, really do live up to the hype. Oh, and if you'd like to join the conversation, you can reach me at MattBrownZA on Twitter and Instagram, or search for The Matt Brown Show on Facebook and YouTube. Hi there, guys, and welcome back to The Matt Brown Show. We are on episode eight of our Crypto Kung Fu series, and we just can't get enough of the world of crypto. Today, I'm joined by a distinguished name that I think you'll know, the founder and CEO of CentBee and Bitcoin SV advocate, Lorian Gamaroff. So today, you'll need to get your thinking hats on because in this episode, we slice into the underlying design and architecture of what is called the original Bitcoin to see what really makes it tick. We unpack exactly where the world of crypto is today, where it was, and more importantly, where it is going, and if Bitcoin will ever be casually used by the man on the street. Today, we will reveal how you can start your Bitcoin journey and get your hands on Bitcoin SV by simply downloading the SentBee app. We will also unpack the case for scalability of the Ethereum blockchain, why the Mall of America is trialing Bitcoin payments, and the backstory to scammers scamming the Bitcoin price using the now world-famous fake Satoshi confirmation. It's bound to be a genre-busting episode, and we can't wait to get into it. So without further ado, into Lorian Gamaroff. And we're live. Hey guys, welcome to episode 8 
of Crypto Kung Fu with me is none other than Lorian Gamera from CNP. Welcome to the show, bro. Thank you, buddy. Thanks for having me. Can ring the bell. He has a bell. Ring it properly. Come on. It's like a trading bell. There you go. There we go. So uh, welcome, everybody, back to uh, Crypto Kung Fu. We've been uh, getting the world's best crypto experts uh, on the show, at least some very opinionated people on the space. So, uh, Lorian, you're uh, definitely one of those guys. Uh, so we're about to raise some eyebrows, right? Exactly. And and the funny thing is, is that uh, even though I have been consistently stuck on Bitcoin, uh, for the last 10 years, you know, I've been advocating Bitcoin, pushing Bitcoin, and not just uh, in the public sphere, but also government, you know, banking, corporate, you know, I've been around the world speaking to your organizations, trying to push this idea about Bitcoin, that I'm actually now the the controversial one, because uh, in within the crypto community, uh, you know, supporting the Bitcoin that I, I, I support, which is, I think, the original Bitcoin, you know, I've become this sort of uh, uh, left field guy now, which is kind of strange. How do you become left field? Well, that's the, exactly that's the thing. But you know, with uh, with uh, cryptocurrency now, there's thousands, and for every single cryptocurrency, there's a, a community, an avid community that is, you know, believes strongly that their cryptocurrency is the best, their community is the best, theirs is the one that's going to survive. Uh, uh, you know, of, so uh, not just uh, is it a, a, a job to now try and educate the masses mm. who've never touched this thing, but also now to try and convince the world that your cryptocurrency and the one I support, which is original Bitcoin version, uh, is the one that's going to succeed well yours is the best right i believe so and i can and i can back that up with a lot of reasons great well let's let's talk about some of those reasons but first before we before we get into that kind of stuff what is Sentpi about because and i really want to land this point because this is all about consumer adoption last time we were together on a podcast <laughs> um we uh spoke a lot about this idea of you know until the man in the street can you know buy basically buy bitcoin and spend it on things like milk and bread and consumer products whatever the case is um then essentially it hasn't it's not ready for blah blah and so um saint b is trying to solve that problem right yes exactly uh, i mean bitcoin isn't uh, only about payments you know uh, this is what uh, a lot of people don't really understand yet but they are coming to learn uh, uh, payments of course the bitcoin token is a is a perfect form of money i mean it has all this the right properties as money but you know one of the things that's important is uh, it has to be useful to people uh, you know there has to be some kind of intrinsic value about it that makes people want to get it to use it and to say that uh, you can hold it and you can keep it safe from prying eyes and you can make sure that governments can't stop you from using it that's not enough uh, now, of course, we're focused on the uh, the payments aspect. I mean, I can get into the other aspect as well. Uh, and so exactly as you say, we want to make it that it's easy to use. We want to make it easy so people can get it. And uh, we've already managed to uh, crack that in this country, and I can tell you about that, uh, to hold it. So it must be easy to use. And then last of all, the most important thing is you have to be able to spend it and mm. use it. Yep. So you're doing a massive campaign on 5FM. How, how much money are you giving away in Bitcoin SV? So every day we're doing 5,000 Rand, uh, and that's, a, that's the whole week. So uh, anybody who wants to down, win 5,000 Rands worth of Bitcoin SV, uh, uh, download the SMP wallet, and uh, you could be in line to win. Um, yeah. 
So those of you on Instagram uh, tuning in live, um, go and when? How do they participate? Do they have to do it on Five FM, or are you giving it away somewhere else? All you got to do is you got to download the wallet. So if you've downloaded the wallet, you can uh, you're already entered the SendB app. The SendB yes. app, that's mm-hmm. correct. So you can go to Apple uh, Play, uh, Apple Store, or Play Store, and you can download SendB. As soon as you do that, you've entered into the draw, uh, and you'll get a call from one of the DJs on one of the days. And in fact, there's probably somebody right now, and uh, you could win. Immediately 5,000 rand worth of BSV. Amazing. Yeah. So, so how much cash are you putting behind this campaign? Like two bar? No, 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 no. Uh, uh, funny enough, you know, uh, advertising on 5FM isn't as expensive as the other radio stations. You know, I think Metro and YFM, you know, they're, they're a bit more. Getting bigger. Yeah. yeah. So we, what we've decided to do is tackle that demographic, you know, the kind of, uh, the, 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 um, the five FM demographic right now. Mm. Also, it kind of fits with their brand as well, you know, sort of tech centric and so on. Um, but uh, we we're definitely going to be doing this on an ongoing basis. You know, we we want to reach the masses. We we don't want to reach crypto enthusiasts. In fact, Senpi has this uh, idea of who our target market is, and people who trade crypto, you know, buy and sell. They go onto exchanges like Luna and Valor. That's not our market. We want people who've never ever used Bitcoin before to to download Senpi and use Bitcoin and see what it feels like. And what are, what are you, so, okay, so what are they, let's just say Kira here, I know you were giving away Bitcoin uh, just before we went live. Uh, well, amazing. I didn't get any. Yeah, I can do it right now on air live. Who wants Bitcoin? <laughs> yeah. Woo. Show me your QR and I'll send it. Then you can share, see how fast it is. Share this live stream if you want Bitcoin. Can we, should we give some away? We can. We can. So if you're watching live and you share this, we will, uh, Q, can you just yeah. monitor the stream? And then we weren't really going to go live, but now we did, so it's too late. But then we'll give away someone who asks a great question. Yes, all they've got to do is they've just got to take a screenshot, post a screenshot with their QR code, tag Matt Brown or yep, whatever. Matt the Q- Brown ZA. Matt Brown ZA. Tag your Q- uh, post your screenshot of your QR code, and I will send you. I will send you a thousand rands worth of Bitcoin right now. Oh, legit! Who's going to do that? Ring that bell. <laughs> that includes everyone here. So off you go. Nah. A thousand. A we have you, to. We have to verify. You can get a thousand rands worth of uh, Big Macs. <laughs> Are you still in? Okay, you still. In. If you want to enter the five FM, just say uh, tag at Saint B five FM. Oh, there you go. Brilliant. So do that now, guys. Get onto it. Share on social media, and uh, the live stream is on my Instagram page. Cool. So enough of that crap. Um, let's get into. Well, in fact, before we do, um, we get into. We got a whole show planned for you. I'm so excited. Um, so basically, what I wanted to get from you is the following. Now, I've been asking the same question of everyone, and I'd love to get your view. So when when Bitcoin was at its highest price, uh, I was covering space. We did a couple of live shows together, sold out a lot of events, which was great. Um, what would you or how would you characterize the development? of crypto over the last 18 months what's happened well uh obviously it's um been in a, a, a slump you know uh, all the excitement about around prices is gone i mean we even now we're, we're going through another dump so i think when it comes to the investment thesis and the store of value thesis i think a lot of people are are not so excited about that but um that doesn't mean that uh, the space hasn't developed. And, uh, you know, specifically in the cryptocurrency that I support again, which is Bitcoin, and, and that's listed as BSV on exchanges, people are starting to realize that uh, Bitcoin isn't just this digital gold thing, this money, you know, because, um, uh, you know, when it comes to money, uh, you know, we, we, we all, 
we, we all have seen how countries like Zimbabwe, the, the currencies have failed. So everybody's excited about a new form of money that can free us from the tyranny of monetary policy from central bankers. But, um, you know, I think that, uh, and that's what everyone's been focused on, you know, your cryptocurrency becoming this, this uh, new form of money. And uh, what was interesting is that Ethereum, you know, when Ethereum came along, and that was really, that's the, the other major cryptocurrency right now, everyone would thought about this thing as a, as a, as a tech platform. You know, where you can now build applications and so on on top of it. But what, uh, again, what uh, people have been realizing is that Ethereum has some fundamental flaws and even admitted by uh, guys like Joseph Lubin and Vitalik Buterin that uh, Ethereum in its current form can't actually scale. So, you know, everyone's starting to think now carefully about this whole idea about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Like, what is it? You know, uh, even today, it's very difficult to try and convince somebody who's never used it to to believe in it. Because mm. at the end of the day, that's what you're trying to get them to do is believe in mm. this idea of that, that you can have this, this digital asset that has value. So I think over the last 18 months, people are starting to not really, especially with the price being so suppressed and, and down, um, not really gel with this idea of a digital asset of a store of value because this certainly doesn't seem like it's a very good store of value. Um, and I think now uh, what we're starting to th- look at is what else can this blockchain thing be used for? Now, uh, the reason why I support Bitcoin SV, BSV is because it is the original design of Bitcoin. And the whole idea around Bitcoin was as this uh, was, was not just some kind of ethereal kind of t- uh, digital asset as a token as money. It was actually this idea of a decentralized ledger or database, you know, where you could store information. And uh, uh, the important thing is that when you store that information there, it's there forever. No one can touch it. No one can change it. Now, if you think about uh, companies that we all depend on, like Google and, and so on, you know, I have a Google Drive. And if I want to upload my photos and back up my photos, I pay Google 100-something rand every month to have some storage on, on them. But now I'm, I'm tied to Google. You know, I, if I stop paying them, my data is, is not available. If, if something happens to Google, my data is gone. Now, imagine if you could have a storage space that when you upload those photos – to all files or whatever it is to to the storage. All you do is you pay to upload them and then they're there forever. You don't have to keep on paying. There's no vendor lock-in. It's on this global database that can never be destroyed. That is actually, at the end of the day, the true value of this cryptocurrency. And this is why Bitcoin was so incredible is because Bitcoin foresaw this. You know, Satoshi Nakamoto invented Bitcoin said, this is going to end up in data centers and it's going to become commercialized. It's going to be a legal thing. Mm. And uh, uh, so now people, you know, again, are, are becoming despondent with this idea of a digital asset. They want to see more. They want to know what are the fundamentals. And that's why I'm so extremely excited about uh, Bitcoin SV because, uh, and again, that's, that's the original protocol. That's the original design of Bitcoin because now companies are coming along and there's a ton of them. If you just go and do your research and see what companies are now starting to use this idea of a decentralized data store to be able to host files, host websites. I mean, you can host your podcasts mm-hmm. in a, in a, on an online storage system that will never be destroyed. I mean, right now, I don't know where you host all your stuff. You've hosted on platforms. Everywhere. Yep. Everywhere. What yep. happens to those platforms? You're paying them. You know, imagine storing it. YouTube, dude. YouTube. And another thing is you can monetize your content directly. You're not going through a middleman. Mm. You know, you could host your podcasts onto onto a blockchain and get paid directly from your consumers. Are you talking about Steam? Steam Steam is interesting because that's what they're trying to do. You know, they're trying to create this blockchain where you can uh, post content and stuff. But unfortunately, the Steam technology itself, you know, uh, is flawed in many respects. And, I, and, and But Steam is a very good example of, of where this is going to go. 
I love the idea of Steam. So, because it rewards content creators through cryptocurrencies depending on the value of the content that you create. Mm -hmm. Whereas it's not about um, the number of subscribers you have, but purely on the actual value of individual content pieces that you produce, which is quite cool. Exactly. You know, you've hit it on the head. You know, the way the internet works today is. Um, uh, uh, you know, we, we, we look at uh, uh, trolls and all that sort of thing. You know, it's, it's noisiness that really wins. And these, these social networks, they are geared to, to um, making sure content that uh, is noisy and, and busy gets you – know, the ones that have the most attention uh, get, become most prominent. But that doesn't mean that it's the content that is the most valuable, mm. you know, the, the true content, you know, mm. the, the stuff. And, uh, and Steam has that notion of if somebody really values your content, they will pay you. For that content, so that means now there's skin in the game. You know, uh, it's very cheap on Twitter to like something or or, or to downvote something on YouTube. It costs you nothing. You know, the, uh, the, a troll is totally incentivized to go and just wreck the internet. But um, when they have to make a payment to downvote your content, mm. well, they really be believe strongly if they're making if they're paying to downvote you, well, then you suck. But if if they pay you to like you. And the more likes you get means that more people are paying you. First of all, you're incentivized because you're getting paid. But then everybody else can look and say, wow, this guy's content was paid for. I mean, mm. he, he made so much money, it must be useful and valuable. Yep. Cool. Well, that's great. Um, uh, on the Instagram feed, should that be horizontal or vertical? Doesn't matter. Okay, cool. I'm just seeing people on there. All right, cool. Um, let's get into our $1,000 trading challenge update so we've been asking people to uh or well, i guess not people not random people you're giving away money you traded um <laughs> but certainly uh we've been asking guests so we've had pretty much or well, you'll know the usual cats and um everyone has been trading so we yesterday put two thousand two hundred dollars it was a long trade by fazam uh, so he reckons Bitcoin's going to run over the next seven days. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to give you a fresh grand. Unfortunately, you only get a grand. He gets a bit more. But anyway. Dollars. Do uh, dollars. Yeah. Dollars. Thousand dollars. Um, hence why a thousand dollar trading challenge. Um, and so I'm not going to ask you just yet, um, but I will ask you towards the end of the show what your trade is. Okay. Cool. Uh, so let's get into the news. Tonight in Crypto Talk. I don't know why I say that. Crypto news. So uh, we've got we've been scouring the internet, uh, Lorian, for some fantastic news for you. Um, and I wanted to focus on the consumer side of uh, of things. Uh, for one reason is that you're all on this consumer train around crypto. So uh, this one is called uh, a headlined Mall of Africa to showcase Vinklevoss backed crypto payments. What do you think of those dudes, by the way? The Winklevoss brothers. I like them. I mean, they they are forward thinking, innovative. They've got a lot of celebrity appeal. You know, wound up with Facebook, and I mean, I, I'm glad that they're pushing this. Uh, they, I think they're, they're a good face on the whole scene. Well, what they, faces? Well, oh. the, yeah, yeah, faces. Exactly. <laughs> Which face, though? You know what I mean. Um, so this one is literally um, they're trialing cryptocurrency payments in Mall of America. Zero fraud, zero chargebacks. You know, we can really nail down here what transaction costs are. Here. It's essentially, it's a proof of concept, which is interesting. 
Yes, well, uh, this is what it's going to take. It's going to take uh, entrepreneurs getting into the malls, getting into the spaces, creating these products. You know, uh, at the end of the day, I, I think uh, the, the cryptocurrency they use, you know, will consolidate. I think ultimately there'll be one. But this is great. You know, it's nice to get awareness you know, in the public and to show these companies, the malls and things, that this is a useful thing and not just this weird, you know, mysterious, mm. dodgy thing. Yeah. As you said, it makes it real. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so basically, guys, how this works is it's a flexer payment app. So it's pretty much similar, I suppose, to um, to what Centbee is. Um, and it allows for instant payment in the cryptocurrency because every transaction is guaranteed by a stake in Flex's FXC token. And Flexer is backed by Gemini, which is funnily enough, it came up in the, in the show about two episodes ago. Uh, so they've so the Winklevoss brothers have launched this app called Gemini, uh, Tyler and Cameron Winklevoss. Um, what do you think about that? in terms of the mechanics, the underlying mechanics of Flex's FXC token being backed by the cryptocurrency payment? Look, they, you know, uh, of course, uh, from a technical point of view, that's that's not a, a, a problem. I mean, you know, it's important that they're building out this sort of tech. But uh, ultimately, I think they're going to, as will all crypto companies and all crypto businesses eventually brush up against the regulator. You know, um, what's important is, uh, you know, do you know your customer? Are you doing all the anti-money laundering stuff? Um, you know, are you complying with, with, with whatever regulations around payments and um, a source of funds and so on? So um, I think that uh, that's really going to be a, a big issue coming up, you know, especially since these regulators and, and um, organizations like FATF, which is that uh, Swiss organization, which uh, basically creates guidelines for uh, countries around the world to to you know follow um, what we're starting to see even locally is um, that uh, banks are being put under pressure uh, to 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 follow sort of gu- uh, some guidelines around crypto you know uh, like uh, and that so I think that um, you know even though these uh, companies are, are doing great things um, as long as they are, are are considering the regulatory aspect and uh, with a lot of crypto companies today you know the whole idea is that you know this is government resistant this is the kind of thing they pitch which is completely wrong um, that it's um, you know you can do whatever you want you know those are the companies that are going to shortly find themselves being axed. I mean, we even see how these uh, anonymous uh, currencies like Monero and so on are being delisted from these exchanges because uh, these regulatory laws are starting to be applied. You know, regulators take a while to catch up if you you know um, i guess the, you know the one you don't want them to really act very quickly because you know sometimes they can do stupid things like just ban crypto mm. um you don't want them to be too slow because then you know you don't get get anything going um but uh, uh you know all these all these companies like gemini as long as they are towing some kind of regulatory line and thinking about regulations in the future you uh, know coming in the future making sure that their customers are registered and kyc no customer all that sort of thing then i think that these can succeed now, whether it becomes a global currency, you know, that's, that isn't, that, that I'm doubtful of. Mm. You know, I think that they'll be able to create these closed systems and be able to, if they have the energy and the time and the money, be able to get a few customers, like a mall, for example, to, to accept these things. But, you know, it's not going to have a global impact as far as I, I can see. Yeah, very quickly, we had uh, Ricardo Fluff Pony, mm. Fluffy Pony on the show, uh, episode six, I believe. Uh, Monero? Yes. Well, I mean, I've got nothing against uh, uh, Fluffy Pony, you know. I mean, he's he's doing uh, what, he, what he believes in, and uh, he's got a, a great community and so on. Um, but, you know, I've been working in the regulatory space now in crypto for many, many years. You know, I, I had a company prior to Percent B, which was Banky Moon, and that was an advisory company to governments and banks and so on. And... Um, 
you know, one thing is, you can be sure of is that these currencies that although they pitch themselves as private, you know, they're in fact anonymous, they're going to have uh, a very difficult time into the future. And, if, and uh, as a as a preview and into the $1,000 challenge, you know, I would not be confident to invest in any kind of anonymous currency, Zcash, Dash, or anything like that. You know, I think those are the currencies that are going to start getting really hammered soon. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so you know, I, I encourage you know uh, people you know out there to innovate and so on. But you know, I think uh, uh, Monero has got a very difficult task ahead of them. It's not going to be about consumer adoption for for Monero. It's going to be about regulatory acceptance, and that's a very difficult thing. We can talk about that in a second. Of course, you didn't you consult to the FBI or something like that? Well, I didn't consult to them, but uh, I certainly had uh, workshops uh, uh, discussing these very things. In fact. Well, let's talk about this consumer adoption thing. So we've been, this this has been an ongoing story, right? Uh, this Facebook Libra story, um, and we've been covering it for the last two weeks. And uh, this headline is called "Facebook's uh, Zuckerberg appears to put Libra launch date in doubt." And this is funny enough what um, Farzam and I were talking about yesterday, where the view here is that for this thing to actually happen legitimately for Facebook to launch this cryptocurrency that essentially would be centralized, which is the irony of it all, um, that uh, it's going to be a very tall ask. Um, What's your view? Is this a pipe dream from Facebook? Yes, uh, I think so. You know, that's not the first time Facebook have tried to get into the money scene. You know, that would be uh, amazing for them. They've got a a huge user base. You know, if they can start uh, creating a payment system around Facebook and selling direct and so on, I mean, that that is a huge play. They could take on Amazon and so on. Um, They've got a huge amount of personal data. So, you know, that's that's would be significant. If if everything worked out for uh, Libra and Libra was allowed to launch and Facebook could then, you know, suddenly have a a massive user pool of two, was it two billion? How many users do they have? is it a billion? Two point seven, no billion. Oh, I mean, it's it's, uh, and they've got this treasure trove of personal data. They could really change, you know, the the, the landscape. But uh, again, I think they they're going to really struggle. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, they tie they tie to a bunch of fiat currencies, and you know, if you think about the long game, or or when when it comes to people who are interested in in crypto, you know, we don't have much of a a, a, a feeling around uh, fiat currencies. You know. Um, and uh, of course, the regulatory issues. I mean, there are going to be a bank. Essentially, they're going to be. Uh, it's going to be very difficult to see how they're going to get the kind of traction, or at least get out the door. And mm. I think that's what they're struggling to do now. If they do, though, let's say everything works out perfect for for them. I mean, th- that'll be huge and significant. But mm. uh, my doubts are there. Well, I mean, uh, I think that's generally what the world is saying and going, well, you know, is this really going to happen or not? Um, and so there's a quote here from the Libra Association MD and COO, I don't know how you both, but anyway, Bertrand Perez says uh, in mid-September that we are firmly maintaining our launch schedule between the end of the first half of the year and the end of 2020. Well, that's okay. a tall, that's let's see. All I've seen is European Central Bank's rallying to launch Eurocoin, Binance has launched their stable coin. Everyone's trying to counteract this move from Facebook. Why do you think there's such a huge backlash? I know you've landed the point around like it can change the game, but what is the truth there? Stay with us. We'll be right back. 
Hey there, I know being an entrepreneur can be a very lonely experience. You sometimes get stuck, don't you? Well, if you're like me, being stuck sucks. But what if you could access the minds of over 850 CEOs who have built companies generating billions of dollars in revenue and access all of that knowledge in a fraction of a second? Well, the good news is you can literally do that today. What my team have built is Matt Brown AI. It is trained on all the interviews, over 850 of them that I've done to date, all my books, all the knowledge capital that has been generated over the last 10 years right here on the Matt Brown Show. And you can get access to all of that right now for free. So how do you get access to this? Well, head on over to mattbrownshow.com and at the top, you'll see community. Hit that link, sign up. It's absolutely free and you'll be given instant access to Matt Brown AI and a community of over 100,000 subscribers. Well, uh, when you talk about backlash, I mean, the only backlash really is the regulatory backlash. I think the, you know, regulators in America are concerned about, you know, the, the power and, uh, you know, all that information that uh, Facebook will have and, you know, user privacy and so on. So, I mean, of course, everybody else is trying to compete with Facebook, you know, Binance and everybody, they would love to have a a global currency that everybody uses, gives them an enormous amount of power at the end of the day. I mean, they essentially act like a central bank. So, uh, you know, I think it's not going to be so much a a consumer backlash, you know, probably consumers will probably love it, but, um, you know, they've got, they've got a lot of other things that, that they're going to have to deal with, you know, um, before they can even launch that product. Well, let's, uh, let's watch this space closely. Hi there, guys. So Crypto Kung Fu is proudly sponsored by Prime Health and ZA Nootropics. If you're listening to me right now, I know that you, like me, want to get the most out of your day. So whether you're an entrepreneur, a crypto investor, business leader, or simply a regular guy or gal like me trying to build something of value for yourself, you need what I have, and that is a customized mix of premium, high-performance, smart supplements and adaptogens from Prime Health. This stuff is the bomb. So these products have helped me to make every day a success and help, have helped me improve my brain health, cognition, and overall stress management. ZA Nootropics are ready to help you too. So simply head on over to zanootropics.co.za and browse the online store of amazing smart supplements. And I highly recommend the Lion's Mane Mushroom. It will blow your mind. But whatever you buy, enter the code NINJA20 at checkout and you'll receive a 20% discount on your order. I cannot recommend these guys highly enough. So go there now. That's zanootropics.co.za. Um, so this one, Bitcoin shopping app Fold raises $2.5 million to bring lightning to retailers. Okay. I can say a lot about lightning. Please dude. Cause you know what, what is actually going on here? So just to caveat mm. this whole thing about scale, mm. um, you know, Simon was on the show, mm. our friend Simon Dingle, mm. and, uh, he was basically saying, look, in all cases where like the internet, when it was dial up modem, you know, 28k or whatever the case is people are like oh it's never gonna scale and mm. then now we can download at, you know on our phones and 5g like an entire video in like nine seconds yes you know um and so whenever the situation came like henry ford when he created the motor car well mm. it's never gonna scale and then suddenly now everybody drives cars there's a frightening slide dude i saw the other day about how fast people adopt it was literally exponential uh, it was a new york uh, New York uh, sort of central through fair mm. and everybody was on horse and carriage mm. except for one Ford. 
I've seen that. Have you seen that? And, and then, then it was like, like ten years later. Yeah, dude, it's like the entire thing is cars. It wasn't even ten years. It was like shorter than that. Okay. But that's how fast yeah. scale happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, and uh, Lightning's doing this or uh, promising to do this job, right? Exactly. I, you know, when we look at something like Lightning, we say, well, don't be so pessimistic. I mean, uh, things change and technology develops. And uh, once upon a time, the internet was slow and rubbish. And uh, look where we are today. So, you know, of course, you've got to always have that in mind that uh, things can change. And I certainly agree with him um, that uh, things can change and new ideas can come along. But actually, Lightning suffers from more than just the hope that the technology will scale. You know, um, uh, when it comes to uh, the way Lightning actually works. Uh, and I mean, we can get uh, as technical as you like here. Uh, uh, you know, the idea is that uh, it links people to each other. Uh, that's the, the the kind of idea about Lightning. What you do is you, if I want to pay you, um, you know, I have to have a connection to you either directly or I have to have a connection to somebody else who has a connection to you. More likely than not, it's going to have to be a connection to somebody who has a connection to somebody who has a connection to somebody who has a connection to you. So what happens is you end up having this uh, this this very difficult uh, and there's a, a well known set of problems called the traveling salesman problem. Uh, you know this is a, a well known mathematical problem, and um, when it comes to trying to navigate through essentially what is a mesh, a mesh of all these different users connected to each other, then it becomes an extremely difficult thing to do efficiently. And, and this is a, a, a well-known mathematical problem. It's not even that lightning has now suddenly uh, merged on the scene and it turns out that it has this problem. It actually is a well-known problem called the multi-depot traveling salesman. And that means it is it is it is extremely difficult to find an efficient route through a mesh network where the liquidity, where coins on that network are constantly changing and fluctuating. The balances on people's accounts are changing. So, you know, it's not that it's that we haven't gotten to figure out how to do that effectively. Mm. That is actually a long-running mathematical problem that has confounded mathematicians forever. And in fact, there's a there's five, you can go look this up, there's five problems in mathematics that are they, they say they're kind of unsolvable but if we were to solve them then it would mean massive changes for the world and uh, there's a problem called the NP hard problem or, or P equals NP Okay, we're told, I said we're going to get technical but it just says it's really very difficult to find an efficient route through a network like a lightning network if they ever solve it it means that not only are they going to solve the problem of getting through lightning, but that same kind of solution that they find, they'll be able to then solve the cure for cancer. They'll be able to do all sorts of things that uh, seem completely impossible right now. So one of the issues, and that's just one of them, is that now suddenly we have this this mathematical problem about solving this route through this network that is an unsolvable problem and has been trying to be tackled for generations. Uh, so this is one of the things. Another thing is this, is that it's extremely technically uh, um, for one, the way that you, it works is you now if you have a Bitcoin wallet, you can give me your address and I can pay to that address. You don't have to be online. Later on, you can come back to your wallet and you can check the money's there. Mm. With Lightning, you're going to have to constantly have a computer running in your house or something that is running the software. And if your computer goes down for, through a power failure, you won't get your money. Okay, that's another issue. Another issue is that when you do these hops through Lightning, where you go from one person to another person to another person to you, Every one of those people, according to existing global rules and regulations, are acting as a money transmitter. And now they have to get a license to be able to operate. And they have to know their customers that are linking to them. Well, not if you're running an anonymous uh, coin, though. Okay, so now you're saying, all right, if we can do this in an anonymous way where uh, we don't need to ask permission from government and we can go completely outside of government, that's totally possible. But then you're never going to have mainstream 
get involved. You're never going to have companies, businesses, uh, merchants that accept it because they are now going to be uh, accountable institutions. And if they're saying, we accept lightning payments, that means they, uh, a regulator can come to them and say, well, sorry, lightning is illegal. So, you know, there's a lot of things in life that are, are illegal, let's say, but people still do. But those things are not mainstream general things that the whole world engages in that companies offer services around. If you just look at marijuana, mm-hmm. you know, everyone like marijuana, people smoke marijuana all the time. But you can't go to your local store and, uh, and go get, I mean, unless you're in a, in a state or in a country where it's legal, you know, you can't go to a, a place where, you know, it's convenient and cheap and there's good products and so on. So, you know, it's, a, it's one thing to say it doesn't matter if it's illegal. We'll just work around that. You know, we'll just be, we're government resistant. That is exactly how you create a system that is always going to be niche and cultish. Mm. And you'll have little, like little communities interacting, but you're not going to reach mainstream audience. And if people want Bitcoin to be mainstream, you know, they're going to have to toe the line, you know, and this is the big myth that doesn't matter about the law, doesn't matter about regulations. We're going to build a system that is government resistant. Uncensorable. Have you ever heard that word when Bitcoiners talk about ca- uh, payments? Uncensorable. Yes, you can't censor my payments. Oh. If I want to pay you, no one can stop me. Yeah, it's like um, the days of prohibition. So uh, people still got drunk, right? Mm-hmm. But not everybody. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And then uh, when, they met, when they got rid of pro- prohibition, of course, everybody got hammered. And then the government was making tax still due to this day. Exactly. So if you want to actually have a system, if you want a cryptocurrency to succeed and to moon, you know, everyone's excited about getting in early and, and you're going to have to make sure that that cryptocurrency is not illegal. It actually is a legal thing that it can, be, can become commercialized. Mm-hmm. Commercialized means it reaches the mass market, which is what we want. And, that, and then those are just some of the reasons why I believe Lightning is, even though... You know, uh, uh, people think that this is going to save BTC. That is a pipe dream that I believe is totally unrealistic and will never be, never appear. Well, I think the jury's out on that one. Okay. Well, I've given you the reasons why I believe it's not. And uh, if you think that they will solve this NP hard problem, which has been unsolvable, if it'll solve the issue of every I node, just don't agree with you, Lorian. Yes, but I mean, it's not about agreeing with you. That's the that's the that's how it is. Are you going to register as a money transmitter if you want to be a nerd on Lightning? Of course. Okay. So, and, and everybody who connects to you, you're going to have to get their KY, their information, their personal details and so on. Come get me. Okay, so. Bring it on. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, was just, I was just winding you up, dude. I actually have no opinion. <laughs> well, I, I hope you do have opinion now. Well, I do now. Yes. Bring it on. <laughs> you can't have a system that you think is going to be government resistant and t- and and skirt the law. No, no, no. That I agree with. That, that I agree with. I do think though that, you know, you're asking you're asking people in power to to launch themselves in an in, into an entirely new paradigm. Um that that is uncomfortable, deregulated promises a new something and that scares people like you know certainly I, scares the regulator yeah totally and so like i i i've learned in my career of you know being an entrepreneur and stuff is that people love to talk about change but very few actually change it's like if you're a fat fuck standing in front of a mirror and, and you're an ugly ugly man or an ugly woman right then you you know most people go oh well i, I want to lose a couple of pounds 
you know. But what they need to do is be truthful and honest with themselves and say, I actually need to change my entire life and my entire attitude around my body in order for me to be healthy and to do the things that I've always wanted to do instead of, you know, smashing a bag of chips on a couch. But the thing is, that's, that's, I'm using that as a poor analogy, I suppose. But, but my point is people don't want change because it's too hard. They don't well, want it. Well, they don't want to fight the system. Even consumers in your world, what you're trying to do is create a new behavior, right? And so you're trying to get them to experience it through an instant gratification thing around cash, right? But they're going to do it and they're going to experience it, but that's not going to sustain the behavior. That's my view. And so, I mean, I'm happy to be proved wrong and peace. Feel free to disagree with me. You know, that's why we do this show. But just I'm talking about, like, I've been doing marketing comms for like, two decades and to create sustainable behaviors in people it requires a consistent reinforcement program over time it's like you've done it once you're doing it again you're doing it again you're doing it again now it's just natural it's the only way i know you Mm -hmm. know what i mean how many Mm -hmm. you know it's like like electric cars it's like well geez this tesla thing it's unusual like why you know how why i can't ever see myself not having my my hands on the steering wheel, and then you drive it in um, in autopilot mode, and you're falling asleep at the wheel. But the first time you're scared shitless. But it's because of the the opportunity that you have to reinforce the behavior, which means you're going from A to B every single day. And it's not just that well, I'm taking one trip once in a Tesla. It's like, well, this is how it is now for me. Yes. Well, you, to be honest, I think the, an autonomous vehicle is exactly the biggest habit. I mean, that, I mean the biggest change in, in, in behavior. You know, what we're trying to do is we're trying to make, you know, we're trying to make it so that there doesn't have to be any change in behavior. You know, people use money all the time. You know, uh, we have mobile apps. We've got Sapper and SnapScan and, and all these different things. You know, um, Bitcoin doesn't have to be different. It's not different, actually. You know, the only thing different about it is um, it, uh, the fees and, uh, uh, you know, at the end of the day, where it's issued from. But, um, you know, Bitcoin, we're lucky because we don't have to try and change people's behavior. We just say, instead of using Snapper or a Zapscan, what's it? Zapper, Snapscan? Zapper and Snapscan, yeah. Um, Use a different mobile app. And instead of uh, connecting to your bank account, go and get some Bitcoin at Pick and Pay, load it onto your SMP wallet. So, you know, we're, we're lucky in that regard. We don't have to go and try and change people's behaviors. What we have to try and do is show them that this thing isn't illegal. You know, it's not uh, mysterious. Um, unfortunately, we all cryptos have this issue where it's volatile. But um, I think that that volatility, once we start realizing the other use cases around crypto uh, and specifically Bitcoin being able to be used as this new, genuine cloud, you know, we, we all talk about cloud, you know, how we all have services in the cloud. Bitcoin is a real cloud. It's not owned by anybody. It's not a server sitting in some company's basement, you know. So, uh, and when people start using it as that kind of system, then everyone's going to realize, oh, hang on, now I see why Bitcoin uh, has value because, you know, I need to get Bitcoin to be able to upload my photos. That's how money starts. You know, it's, um, it is a commodity, mm-hmm. a useful thing. And uh, Bitcoin is a useful thing. So we, we definitely have an issue with volatility right now and having all these thousands of cryptocurrencies and, and this whole idea, and, and, I, and I blame exchanges for this. You know, um, even though Fazam, I mean, I, I love the guy to bits and, uh, you know, I wish him all the best. And, uh, you know, uh, to me, the whole idea of having an exchange is encouraging people to, to trade and to invest and to gamble. I mean, that's all it is. You know, um, it's, it's not helping in terms of how do we drive the space forward? 
how do we to how do we first of all make people feel comfortable mm. that this is not uh, uh, you know you buy Bitcoin because it's about investing and about making money. It's just a another thing that you need if you want to now use the services that that the blockchain gives you. So we've got a huge way to go to to and unfortunately I think it's going to take a collapse in this crypto market and and to be honest I believe we're in it. You mean like a crypto collapse? Yes. Or do you mean a financial system collapse? Well, that's a, a separate thing. I think if the financial system collapse is going to drive people into crypto. Mm. But crypto itself has to go through that cycle where it's going to um everyone's going to be excited, you know, these I mean we've seen all these bubbles, but there's going to be a general crypto collapse and only those cryptos that have fundamental value, fundamental use are going to be the ones that survive. And to be honest, the only one I see is the original version of Bitcoin. Mm. Very interesting. That was, funnily enough, a point Fazam made as well. He said, you know, that you know, after, since the collapse, um, you know, it's only the companies that are truly creating value that are still around. Yes. And you've been around. I mean, how many collapses have you been through? Three? All four, of them. Five, six? I've been uh, involved with Bitcoin since 2010. Okay, so that's right yeah. from the beginning. And Fazam also wants the world that I want. You know, he wants a world that has a single currency, you know, uh, that everybody uses. Um, that That's the world that he, uh, his vision. And I share that entirely. Um, he is a little bit more uh, 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 modest about, you know, which currency that's going to be. You know, he's quite happy for the markets to determine, determine figure that out. You know, I, I feel confident in, in the fact that, um, you know, original version of Bitcoin, and that's traded as BSV, that's the only one that has all the ingredients that I've been talking about, you know, the regulatory friendly and so on, which is going to make it the one that dominates and, and eventually supersedes every other cryptocurrency. Well, let's talk about it. We'll do a couple more news pieces and then we'll, we'll cool get stuff. on to the rest of the segment. So uh, scammers boost BSV price with fake Satoshi confirmation. So this was a piece that actually came out, I believe, when oh no, this is around about May. But I wanted to talk about it because this whole fork thing Mm. And no one seems to have consensus around, you know, as you say, what is the real Bitcoin? Yeah. And you're talking, so you're saying, well, by design, and some people are saying, no, mm. no, it's by by block size and, and blah blah blah, etc., yeah. etc. Um, what is this idea here uh, uh, around fake Satoshi confirmation? Yes, well, let's talk about the fork before I get into the fake Satoshi. Cool. Um, you know, uh, this is something that really kind of rocked Bitcoin. You know, um, there was a, a differences in the community uh, around Bitcoin about how it should scale. You know, um, the BTC community are very determined to make Bitcoin something that doesn't become commercialized because they fear that if it does become commercialized, only large organizations are going to be able to sustain the network with mining power. And they believe falsely, that everybody should be allowed to run a little Bitcoin node in their room, you know, which is, uh, you know, what they call validating transactions. So there was a big split in the community uh, about two years ago where, where one part of the community wanted Bitcoin to remain small with small blocks. And the other community said, no, that's not the point of Bitcoin. It needs to scale in, to infinity. You know, blocks should never have a limit. Um, and that's when the rift happened. And uh, we, we, the, 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 what uh, BTC did was they changed how Bitcoin worked. Uh, Bitcoin is supposed to be all about the signature. You know, when you create a transaction, you sign the transaction. It's embedded. The, the signature is embedded in the transaction, and uh, that makes it legally binding. That's why I believe that the signature should be there. Um, well, the BTC community said, "Well, we're not trying to create a legal system here. We don't care about the law. We're trying to create a decentralized store of value system." 
So that split the community, and one half of the community changed Bitcoin, BTC, to allow that uh, the signatures to be separated from the transaction so they could fit more into the block instead of having to raise the block. Then the other community said, no, we're going to keep it the same. We're actually going to raise the block. And that was Bitcoin Cash. And the last time we had a chat, yeah. it was all about Bitcoin Cash versus Bitcoin Core, or BTC. And uh, I was on the BCH side of things because that was the unchanged Bitcoin. You know, I've been very consistent. I am always on the same original design of Bitcoin, how Satoshi Nakamoto invented it. And it's not because he's God. It's not because there's the Ten Commandments. I believe that it's the only way that Bitcoin will ever be, allowed, uh, be able to work. So then... BTC went off on their way. BCH went off on their way. And the same thing happened with BCH. Part of the community, the guys, Roger Ver and all those guys, they said, well, we want to change BCH because we want to have certain features in it. And uh, uh, again, this community was split between the guys who wanted to change BCH and the guys who didn't. And uh, uh, the first time it split, the BTC, the changed version of Bitcoin kept the BTC ticker. And that's why most people think BTC is the original version. And that's why it has the highest value. It's artificial. You know, um, that's the, the, the issue there. And what, what happened with BCH is that the changed version kept the BCH ticker. And uh, the unchanged version, the original version of Bitcoin, the way it was designed, had to get a new ticker, BSV. So, you know, I've been consistent about sticking with the original design of Bitcoin to this day. And yet, you know, uh, everybody thinks of the BSV community as a fork of a fork, which is completely false. That is the irony of this whole thing. But of course, people involved with BTC want their version of Bitcoin to succeed. They want a decentralized small block system that is anti-government or government resistant. And of course, they want to be the, 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 the Bitcoin. They want everyone to think of themselves as Bitcoin because that means it will have the highest value and so on. So it's been a, a complete disaster. It's all, all been about, you know, which is the real one. And I constantly fight that even with 5FM now. You know, I'm trying to uh, I fight with Simon on Twitter about, you know, this whole thing. He thinks I'm being completely misleading because I'm calling uh, BSV the original protocol. I, I believe that he he's the one. And I don't think he's being malicious. I just think that he's mistaken. Now, when it comes to uh, the people around Bitcoin, you know, uh, this space is not driven by fundamentals. What do I mean? Well, the reason why these cryptocurrencies have value is not because they're being used and everybody's into it and now there's companies and there's businesses and, you know, there's, there's like activity going on. The, these communities are largely driven by the personalities that dominate those, those uh, cryptocurrencies. Like Craig Wright? Craig Wright, uh, uh, the, the core, the, the Blockstream guys, you know, Fluffy Pony and so mm -hmm. on. These personalities are the only thing that people can judge a cryptocurrency by. Because the only other place that they can do it is on an exchange. And exchange is just people gambling and, and buying and selling. It is not, that is not the market. You know, that's just the speculation. That's just the casino that's going on. And, and that's largely dominated by whales who manipulate those markets anyway. So now what we have is we've got these personalities that everybody's judging and saying, do I like Fluffy Pony? No. Okay, I don't like Monero. Do I like Roger Veer? Yes. Okay, I like Bitcoin Cash. You know, it's all personality-driven. And unfortunately, Craig Wright came onto the scene uh, immediately saying, well, I'm Satoshi Nakamoto. You know, and I mean, for the last almost 10 years that I've been involved in Bitcoin, this is a big deal for me. You know, who's Satoshi? I went down every rabbit hole. Somebody said, oh, this guy could be Satoshi, and I went and looked at him. But now Craig Wright has come out as, as, as being Satoshi, never, never proved it in the way that people wanted him to prove it. You know, he's, being, he's suing people who are calling him a fraud. You know, he's Australian, he's arrogant, he's loudmouthed, he's swearing at everybody, he's talking about how he wants to bring everybody down. You know, a, a very difficult personality, if, if, the, if, if we're judging these cryptocurrencies by personality, you know, of course, he's going to be a huge stumbling block for a lot of people. Most people hate his guts. 
And uh, uh, unfortunately, that's now what uh, BitBSV is now connected to. So we are going to have to go through this. You know, I, I, I am committed to uh, BSV because it's the original version of Bitcoin. And by the way, people, a lot of people think that I'm committed to BSV because Craig Wright actually invested in my company. He did, right? Yes. So he's an investor, as well as another uh, p- uh, personality in BSV, Calvin Air. You know, this billionaire tycoon, gambling tycoon magnet, and, um, you know, also a, a wild character in his own right. I sought those guys out because Craig Wright believes in the same thing I believe in, which is that the original Bitcoin is the only one that's going to succeed. But now, of course, now my whole uh, uh, business and, and everything that I'm about is now hitched to them. Mm. And uh, everyone's like, well, Lauren, you know, you, you're bought. You know, the only reason you're pumping and pushing BSV is because, you know, you're owned by these guys. They've, of course, you're going to shill BSV. Whipping boy. Yeah, but the, the irony is, is that I, I you know, my Centby, Centby was a, a, a business and we had a lot of uh, potential investors that I didn't go for. Um, we started on BTC, the original Bitcoin, and it became, uh, it, then it split and so on. And then we went to Bitcoin Cash. Mm. Uh, Centby was a Bitcoin Cash wallet. It split again. And now we're a BSV wallet. And uh, when we went to looking for investors, I wanted to go I, and I actually went to Zurich. I flew to Zurich and I met Craig Wright. And I said, Craig, I've got this wallet. It's a B, it, well, at that stage it was a Bitcoin cash wallet, you know, um, uh, you know, and th- that's how the investment uh, began. So he believes in exactly what I believe in. Now, whether he's Satoshi or not, uh, that's l- irrelevant. It, it makes no, it makes no difference to the technology. I'm building a BSV wallet. I'm not building a Craig Wright wallet. But now, unfortunately, because this whole space is dominated by personality and people think Craig Wright is fake and a fraud and so on, you know, it's an unfortunate part of this whole thing. But ultimately, I believe that the technology is going to win, Mm. not the personality. Well, this is a great point that you're landing here because this article actually says here that, um, you know, when the fork happened, uh, Craig Wright basically then said that uh, he was going to transfer transfer essentially the BTC, the Bitcoin, the original Bitcoin um, from the so-called Satoshi wallets to prove his identity. So the, all this was happening at the same time. And what's very, and, and you know, that drove, uh, according to this article, a $60 boost in the Bitcoin BSV price in less than 10 hours. That's, yes, that's crazy. It, well, that's the market. I mean, that's how markets are. You can, uh, I mean, you can dump that much, in, in, uh, as we've seen, and you can pump that much. Uh, that's how all markets work. But yes, you know, he he, he makes these statements, and uh, you know, uh, people freak out. And uh, uh, at the end of the day, it is uh, such a thinly traded market that, like, a, you know, a million bucks on a on an exchange can really change things. And and uh, so, of course, we you know we saw these pumps. But um, you got to remember that uh, Craig White's not a complete idiot. You know, I mean, he's not a fool. He, you know, he, he he everyone always like jokes about the fact that he's so overqualified. He's got all these degrees. But do we trust that he has them? To be honest, you know, if you actually put aside the personality differences and you look into this guy and you see, you look at his history and you see actually the credentials he has, you know, he's very well versed in law and economics and so on. You know, if he does in fact own those coins, you know, it's, he's not going to be this fool who's going to just say, well, look, you know, here's my bank balance, guys, and I'm now going to go and dump it on an exchange. He owns all that. That's value. You know, he's going to want to make sure that, that I mean, would you like to to show the world your bank account and mm. tell them that you're now going to go and dump all your BTC onto an exchange? Mm. He obviously wants to, you know, maximize the value of that whole thing and not completely upturn this market, which it would. Isn't it also true that the the private keys to the rest of the, those 10 million Bitcoins um, haven't One, been unlocked yet or yeah. aren't released yet or something like that? So in theory, yes. he may be proved right. 
Well, that, no, I mean, no pun intended. <laughs> yes, that's the idea. He, he, uh, his keys. Uh, you know, it was a very complicated situation when he was involved with Dave Kleiman and so on. Uh, uh, you know, they what they did was they decided to put the the, the keys into um, uh, what they did was they gave it to a bonded courier, which means on this specific day, on this in this year, you the, this courier will then deliver all those keys to mm. whoever's addressed to, um, and uh, that date is supposed to be the beginning of next year. So the beginning of next year, um, Craig White will then, according to him, have uh, be able to take ownership of those keys. Now, everyone's thinking, well, then he's just going to dump all these BTC. But again, I mean, that's a, a, a completely crazy thing. If he wants to, if he's smart, you know, he, he's not going to just go and dump all his BTC onto the market. He's going to try and sell it slowly. But the thing is that as soon as he moves those coins, everyone's going to know. This is the idea about Bitcoin. It's transparent. I mean, everyone knows, mm. you know, uh, those early addresses. So you can be sure there's going to be people watching it. So it's going to be quite interesting to see how uh, that whole ownership transfer works. And also now he's going through a whole court case with Dave Kleiman, yes. his ex-partner's brother. Um, who, who Which he lost, apparently. Well, no, no, he hasn't lost anything. Thrown out of court. It wasn't thrown out of court, of course not. It, uh, all it is, it's sort of in process. Uh, he he delivered his testimony. The magistrate came out with some things about well, you know, some of the things he doesn't really believe. But it's not a court case. It's not it's not a trial. It's mm. uh, it's a magistrate. You know, it's a hearing and so on. So um, you know, it's going to be something that takes a long time. And ultimately, you know, if Craig Wright uh, loses the case, well, yes, he's going to have to hand over half Satoshi Nakamoto's bitcoins, which all it's going to do is prove that he is in fact Satoshi Nakamoto. Mm. So. It's it's another one of those you know things about this whole space uh, you know uh, people love controversy and they love scandal and Craig Wright has certainly delivered that in spades. But to be honest, and I'll, I'll admit this to you, I know him and I've met him and uh, I've been with him. In fact, I'm going to be with him next week. And uh, w- when he's not being defensive on the internet, because I mean that guy is getting it gets so much trolling and abuse mm. and I mean you know the abuse I get on Twitter when I post you know uh, kills me even though it's just a couple people trolling me. So I feel sorry for this guy, but um, he's actually a really nice person, a genuine, uh, a genuinely intelligent human being who has a lot of empathy about the world and really wants to make the world a better place. And unfortunately, you know, this this uh, internet persona that we all love to hate, you know, has, um, you know, just people love to hate this guy mm. and they love to abuse him. And this is the nature of social media. You, if you see something you don't like, you're going to go to troll that thing to death if you can, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and it's so unfortunate. I, I believe that one day he'll be vindicated. I believe that one day people will see that, okay, he is Satoshi Nakamoto. And, um, why was he mistreated? You know, uh, he, it's just such a pity mm. that that guy's getting this. Yeah, it is. And on that bombshell, it's time to end the news. Hey guys, so as digital citizens, we are all exposed to the good, the bad, and the ugly of social media and the internet. Being a victim of cybercrime, cyberbullying, revenge, pornography, etc. can be devastating and scary. But, you know, it's not the full story. We do, in fact, have good news here. There's a company called Save T-Net Cyber Safety, and they help victims for free by connecting you with the relevant experts such as forensic analysts, psychologists and the right people at the police and legal advisors. This is a for-purpose company and they also share the cyber safety message at schools, corporates and everywhere they can but they do need your help. So get involved. If you are an expert, join their network or let your CSI funding keep this engine going by empowering safety nets to reach more schools and affected people as possible. If you'd like the full story, check out my interview with Ria Net Leibovitz, the founder of SafeTNet, right here on the Matt Brown Show. And for more information, visit savetnet.com.
Right then, let's move on to part two, the Crypto Cats. Do you like those cats? Yeah, they sound like they just uh, like had a market crash. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where we keep up with the, the lions of the crypto world. Uh, this chap is? CZ. CZ. Maneezy. Yeah. The Binance Breezy. Yeah. He's, uh, I mean, um, you know, he's, he's got a, a, an uphill battle, I think. You know, he's constantly trying to uh, avoid regulators. You know, he keeps moving his business. Now he's in Malta. You know, I think if he doesn't uh, think carefully about uh, complying, you know, uh, with whatever rules are around crypto, you know, he's going to um, have a lot of trouble in the future. So, yeah, I, I wish him luck, but uh, it doesn't seem like he's on the right path right now. Well, um We've covered a lot of Binance developments over the last few weeks. This one, the team found that Binance CEO gets dragged by Bitcoin fans for the dumbest ever crypto tweet. Have you seen this? Uh, what was the tweet? Um, it'll, I'll have to go dig it up. But basically what it says here. So uh, Binance CEO CZ got dragged on Twitter and was nominated for the dumbest crypto tweet award after he shared a story touting the popularity of Binance Coin his company's native token. And I believe <clears throat> the the stink there was, well, how can you be promoting your own shit when you're supposed to be in exchange, right? Um, but it went on to say that uh, many of his followers expressed skepticism when he recounted an interesting interaction he had with a 14-year-old boy. And that's where it went south. Well, I didn't read the tweet and uh, it sounds dodgy. And um, yeah, good luck to him. Hope he doesn't get axed. <laughs> Dude. I know. Did you see a WeWorks um, CEO got asked? Yeah, yeah. It's that. That's a business. I mean, as an aside, I mean that's a difficult business. You know, retail. I mean, what's it? Real estate. WeWork. Yes, WeWork. They. I don't know how that model can be sustainable. I mean, I think America's about to go through a recession, and you know, it's uh, having all that. It's it's a very difficult mm. to see how WeWork will survive. Yep. That's definitely the, the sentiment. The risk, though, uh, what's the single biggest risk to the world of crypto and blockchain today? The single biggest risk is, this is, this is what I have been feeling, and uh, I, I'm glad you asked me that question. But the biggest risk right now is this, this uh, crypto infighting. You know, uh, all these different people with their different cryptocurrencies calling every other cryptocurrency. I mean, I do it, uh, to be uh, I, I do it. But, you know, it's actually the community itself. Uh, you know, that we, in fact, we don't have a community. We've got different communities. I mean, I'm running a campaign right now, you know, on, on radio, national radio, and I'm trying to uh, get people to download SAP and use Bitcoin because it's so easy and it's mm. safe and don't worry, it's not a huge problem. And it's so, you know, that's what I'm trying to get. And yet my social media campaigns are being trolled by guys like Simon, uh, uh, who I respect greatly. And I, and, uh, I, I actually appreciate his, uh, you know, his, the fact that he's combating this whole thing because I get a chance to troll him back in a way. But, you know, I'm trying to now put trolls, out. Trolls loving trolls. Yeah, trolls loving trolls. We have a history and, uh, you know, he, he's such a nice guy and so on, but he is a bit of a, he's, 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 he's giving it to me hard and, uh, and, uh, I'm struggling there. And that's, and that's a problem because, um, you know, I'm trying to put out there this message that don't worry about crypto. It's safe. You use it. It's easy. It's cheap. It's quick. It's accessible. It's your mom can use it. 
And yet my social media campaigning is now being drowned out by trolls saying, oh, you're a fraud. You're like shilling BSV and, you know, uh, Craig Wright. And, you know, and that's not the messaging that I'm supposed to be wanting to get out there. I want to get out to the world that, uh, at, at least to South Africans, that don't worry, this is easy. You know, it's uh, it's on an app on your phone and it's so simple. And yet the the, the trolling on, on my social media campaign is about, oh, this is a fraud. This is, a, you know, this is a fake Bitcoin. You're being misled and so on. And those are crypto people. Mm. So, you know, I am now putting out a national campaign to the people who have never used crypto. And I'm saying, get into crypto. Look how easy it is. It's simple. And yet the crypto people who are anti-BSV are now drowning out that campaign with, it's a fraud, it's fake. And, and I mean, can you believe it? You know, how often do you get an opportunity to do this, to reach an, an, a, a, a whole country to say, Look how easy this is. Get into crypto. Every crypto enthusiast wants the mainstream to get on board. And yet what's happening right now is that the mainstream, now that they're finally hearing a national radio campaign about Bitcoin, are hearing the the prominent people in the space saying, oh, don't trust that crypto. It's a fraud. So they're shooting themselves in the foot because all they're doing is they're creating confusion. You know, they're, they're suddenly now people are like, what? It's a fraud? You know, a, a national radio campaign that's being, you know, that, that, that that's going out and to getting people to download Bitcoin. Bitcoin's a fraud. I'm not going to get into this. I'm too uns- it feels unsafe and, and, and there's so much confusion. So the irony is that it's not that I'm trying to fight the incumbents, the banks, you know, the, the businesses that are out there. I'm actually fighting crypto enthusiasts who want the same thing I want. So that's the biggest risk I'm finding in this country today. Mm. Other crypto people. Well, it's certainly, uh, I would echo that sentiment just from having spoken to pretty much a lot of the who's who. Um, and there's certainly a, a disconnect on point of view. Absolutely. It's, it's so uh, unfortunate. But, uh, you know, maybe this is what we need to do. We but maybe to... it's also healthy. It's not healthy. Do you not think so? Uh, what, like if you, if you have the debate, you know what I mean? To have the open discussion, the, the debate, to explore different points of view. Because otherwise, yeah, you'd, that's be, true. you'd be building a kind of a dictatorship type culture within the com- in the crypto community. When, yes. you know, if you think about the, the sentiment behind Satoshi's white paper, it was all about the liberation of the economically constrained. You know what I mean? I don't know yes. if that makes sense. That's, Power to that's all a good point. and, uh, you know, fight yeah. the banks and take the... Well, you know, not fight the banks. No, that's, not, that's, not, not fight, sorry. To, to propose an alternative to yes. the de- you know, decentralized, as you said, the decentralized ledger, because quite frankly, the financial system has been centralized forever, and mm. the man in the street is the one that has paid the price. Sure, no doubt. No, you're right. You and, know? And, and that's probably what needs to happen right now, is that we need to have you know, um, this, this growing pain period mm. where you know, it's, it's, it's all uncertain. Everyone's trying to figure it out. Um, you know, uh, every time the, the, the insiders battle it out, uh, you know, maybe somehow information leaks out into the wider audience and people get that. To be honest, I don't think that it's going to, there's going to be any, through this debating and arguing, it, that's not going to resolve it. Mm. You know, all these troll, trolls and, and people debating on social media, it's not ultimately going to have an effect, but it certainly has made this whole space uh, a, a lot more kind of uh, exciting in a way, you know, thrilling because now you're, you know, you're battling and fighting and arguing and so on. But to be honest, I think ultimately it's actually going to be the, the, the right technology and the right economic system that's going to prevail. Mm. So all this will be something that is forgotten. 
you know, all this, this period now of all of us arguing and fighting about it is going to be forgotten. It'll be just a part of history. You know, it might be told in, of, of, of in documentaries and stuff, but it's not ultimately going to determine the di- direction of the space. What is going to determine the direction of the space are the products and things that people build around it. And, um, I believe that, uh, luckily, you know, uh, again, following the original rules of the Bitcoin protocol, um, that's the only one that has the ingredients that can, where you can actually do that. You can build those businesses and those products. And I'm proving it. You know, there isn't a, a, a company like Centbee in this country that I'm competing against. I'm not competing. I don't have any competitors. Um, and that's because I think, I believe I've chosen the, the correct path, you know, the correct uh, cryptocurrency for all the reasons uh, and many others that I've, I've given you. Sure. Well, that concludes the risk audience Q and A. So I'm gonna to have to kill this live stream. Sorry, guys. I know you're on there, but sorry for you. But thanks for tuning in. You can always catch the podcast on YouTube and uh, wherever you get your favorite podcast. Um, so I'm gonna kill that one. Uh, this is Q and A first from this chap here. Hold on. Hi, Matt. James here. Great show, by the way. Just a quick one. What's the difference between a long trade and a short trade, if you can, please? Do you know that one? Uh, well, I know that when you trade, I mean, I'm not an expert. Uh, when you when you go long, then what you're doing is you're you're buying in in the hope that it's going to go up in value. And yes. You, when you do a short, then you're selling, and yep. so I guess it's got something to do with that. Yeah. So <laughs> basically, yeah. I mean, I I played a little bit around with that, you know, eighteen months ago. But basically, you're shorting the market when it's going down. So you you bank a certain amount of money against the ratio of how far that market goes down. And then uh, along is the exact opposite of that. So when that's running, it's running. Okay. And so yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm very anti this whole uh, trading idea, dude. What a jerk, eh? I don't I don't think anyone should day trade on crypto. It's a waste of time. It really is. Hi Matt, this is Desmond here. Um, I've got a question for you here. Um, just regarding Bitcoin SV. Okay, now is Bitcoin SV really the original Bitcoin, and why is it? original bitcoin i think that's the question that's got on mind it's puzzling me here so if you just answer that for me and just give me uh, your perspective and your answer and i hope that can help project me in the right direction with my decision i need to make thanks matt so you've kind of just sum it up but it's I'll the original it design right yes exactly when uh, the the original uh, when satoshi nakamoto produced uh, bitcoin what he did was he created what's called the white paper which just de- de- defines the rules of the system and uh, uh, so when we talk about the original version of Bitcoin, what we're talking about is the original design that Satoshi created. What happened was BTC changed that design by removing the signatures out of the transactions, thereby making transactions non-legally binding. And to me, that is a fatal flaw in BTC's uh, approach to this cryptocurrency. And, and, and the reason why they did that is because they want to build an, a government-resistant system that doesn't need law. And uh, uh, that's a pipe dream and a naive reality that they, they that will not be achieved. So when it comes to Bitcoin SV, the only Bitcoin right now that follows the exact design and rules of the original Bitcoin is Bitcoin SV. Bitcoin Cash and Bitcoin Core or BTC have have di- diverged from that design and uh, are, are are heading into uh, a catastrophe. In terms of their futures, <laughs> I love it when people speculate. So let's move on to the final part of the show: trading the market. So you've got a thousand dollars. What are we doing with it? Okay, so now you're going to uh, uh, laugh about this because uh, uh, if it comes to trading, if now now I'm going to have a totally different opinion. One of the things that happens in Bitcoin 
is, um, and I'm, I'm going to focus on Bitcoin specifically, I'm not going to talk about any, any of the others, is that uh, every four years or so, there is a supply halving. Mm. And That's that coming mean? up now, right? It's coming up now. And um, that means that uh, every block that a miner produces right now, he gets a reward of 12.5 Bitcoins. Uh, uh, f- almost four years ago, he was getting 25 Bitcoins. And then four years before that, in the beginning, he was getting 50 Bitcoins. Mm. And that's how new Bitcoins come into the market. Now, um, we're heading up to the, the next four, the fourth year where the supply on those blocks, in other words, the reward or the subsidy that the miner earns is going to be halved, which means his income is going to be halved. Okay. Now, every single time it's happened in the past, people have thought to themselves, well, in economics, uh, uh, value is determined in what's called a supply and demand dynamic. Mm. And if you have a demand for something and the supply goes down, well, it means that the value of that thing that you're trading goes up. Because now the same amount of people want the thing, but there's less of it. So they're willing to bid the price up. So this is what's happened. Bitcoin, every time there's been a halving, people are like, it's coming up. The halving is coming up. There's going to be half of the product on the market. And if the demand stays the same, the price is going to go up. And people have traded that, and it's become a self-fulfilling prophecy. And that means the price has gone up. We've actually seen how Bitcoin over time has gone up in value just before the halvings and then kept on going. But I think that this halving that's coming up right now is uh, going to be uh, – uh, well, it's going to be say, the same in some respects, but it's going to be uh, – it's going to have a different outcome. Now, what it's, how is it going to be the same? I think people are going to be trading Bitcoin in the same way that they were trading before, having that same idea. Well, the, the supply is going down. That means surely the price is going to go up. So let's buy now because when the price goes up, we'll be able to make a killing. Mm-hmm. So I believe that BTC – uh, uh, as well as all the other cryptos that are coming up to this halving, which is BCH and BSV, although the diff- it's going to be a little bit different at the time. People are going to think the exact same thing. They're going to say, well, BTC is about to halve. I think it's February, early next year. Start buying. Start buying right now because when the supply halves, it's going to be double the price or triple the price. So I believe that over the next few months, the price of BTC, okay, right now we're in a slump. Um, I don't know how long that slump's going to last, but it's in a slump. I would actually buy BTC. If buy I was, now. Buy now. If I was trading, if I was a, da- a, a trader, um, I would buy BTC right now because people are going to be thinking and, and that prophecy is going to be self-fulfilled that the price is going to go up. They're going to buy that rumor. And then when it gets to the halving, then there, there, might, there might be some kind of dump. But it's not going to be the same as all the other times because now we have a, an issue where if miners are now have a reduced income on the block and they are not profitable anymore, they are going to withdraw their, their mining power off the network, okay? Because mm-hmm. it's not profitable. They don't want to lose money, all right? If they withdraw their mining power off the network, it means what's called the hash rate goes down. In other words, how, how, uh, how many computers or processes are happening hashing. If they withdraw that hashing power of the network, it means that suddenly transactions are going to slow down. In other words, the blocks are not going to be confirmed every 10 minutes and the fees are going to go way up, okay? Because now people are wanting to get their transactions into those blocks. That means uh, 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 when the security goes down, people are going to get afraid. And we saw how just now this dump that's just happened, there was a huge dump in the mining power of Bitcoin. I don't know if you saw that. I did, we covered it about three episodes ago. And everyone was like, whoa, you know, what's happening with Bitcoin? You know, people are losing faith and what's going on. Price goes down. This is going to, I believe this is what's going to happen. Miners are suddenly going to become unprofitable. Maybe if they're lucky, what's going to happen is the, the speculation is going to pump up the price enough 
where they just stay profitable. But I don't think that's going to be sustainable. I think as soon as it dips below profit, that price of Bitcoin goes down just slightly. Mm. Miners are going to exit. Hashing power is going to go down. Transactions are going to get really expensive. And the confirmation times are going to get really slow. And Bitcoin, essentially, like it did in 2018 and, and before that, we're doing the, the hype cycles. Suddenly, people are going to be like, I can't get my, my Bitcoin off the exchanges or I can't uh, move my Bitcoin. The fees are too high. What's going on? And uh, it's going to create this kind of death spiral. You know, uh, where suddenly now uh, it's impossible to transact on BTC. The price of transactions are too high. Miners are pulling out because they're not getting profitable. And the whole thing is going to come to a grinding halt. Now, that is a, a, a catastrophic failure. And, um, mm. I mean, that is the ultimate bad situation that could happen. But I do believe that we're now closer to that reality happening this time. Uh, uh, given that BTC, you know, unless something changes in the market sentiment and so on, Unless that price doesn't go way higher than it is today, miners are going to pull out. And as soon as miners pull out, the whole thing grinds to a halt. So it's funny, but when people talk about the security of Bitcoin, it's about the hashing power and blah, 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 all that kind of thing. The security right now on Bitcoin BTC is directly correlated with the price of the coin. Price goes up, BTC will, will stay safe. BTC goes, price goes down, BTC is finished. So the security is around the price. But I think just before this happens, before 2020, February, March, I'm not sure what the exact date is. I think you're going to see a massive uh, a pump in the price. So if I was to trade, day trade, and I was to speculate, why not? Put it in there. There you go. Buy now. Buy now. Yes. Get lock in that trade. Lock it in. That doesn't mean <laughs> I have a long-term uh, view on BTC here. I'm Dude. very pessimistic about its long-term future. As we have just heard. Uh -huh. Where are you on social media? Uh, uh, Twitter uh, at Gamaroff mm. uh, at Sentby if you want to follow Sentby uh, check out my YouTube channel I've got uh, a lot of the talks I've given TEDx uh, the United Nations Reserve Banks everywhere go to my YouTube channel to search Lauren Gamaroff um, yeah and uh, check out Sentby download Sentby you could win 5,000 Rand amazing thanks Steve. did you? yeah did you, you got like 10, you did, you did. 20, 20 new users. I get away for the call. But what I will do for you guys is I will send you 50 bucks. How about that? Boom. Huh? Boom. Are you, are you keen with that? Yes. Okay. All right. The consolation prize. <laughs> <laughs> but did we say that somebody on social media, if they post, are they, is, that Has coming? is that coming? Q? Did anybody on social media post their QR code? We'll, we'll find. We'll find. <laughs> so tag, tag Matt Brown Show, Sent B. Definitely. All right. And if you tag Sent B5FM, you could get into the draw for five grand. Boom. Thank you so much, Lorian, for being on the show, dude. This edition of the Map Round Show is brought to you by NetworkSpace.co.za. In fact, our studios are here in building number four at Network Space up in Johannesburg. These guys have made us a huge deal, have really bent over backwards to give us the kind of service that most exciting businesses deserve. If you want more information about Network Space, you can actually come and check out our studio. We are always open to meet new entrepreneurs and business owners from around the country, and you can do that right here at networkspace.coza. Thanks for checking out the Map Round Show, guys. And if you'd like to get the Kung Fu put in your ninja, check out digitalkungfu.co.za.
Ever wanted to become a best-selling author? Well, I'm in the influence business and I work with business owners and CEOs and business leaders to help them scale their influence. And we do this as a team by helping you to become a best-selling author, sought-after speaker and industry influencer in only 30 days. My team and I have developed a system that delivers a best-selling book and a launch campaign 300% faster and 50% less cost than anyone else in North America. This system is incredibly efficient. One of my clients Haiku went from a 2% share of voice globally to an 11% share of voice globally in only seven days. If you'd like more information, head on over to showworksmedia.com for more. That is showworks with an X.com.